The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as Terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. So, hey, stop me if you've heard this one. A man goes to a funeral and asks the widow, hey, is it okay if I say a word? She says, please do. The man clears his throat, walks up to the podium, and very calmly says, bargain. The widow replies, thanks. That meant a great deal. gentlemen this is your host d to the d dr d reaching out through the supervision free source of infinity interfacing i am joined today by my new partner in an infinity it's derek also known as the big d the space cowboy and his partner Aaron even calls him maurice how you doing over there mr big d i would like to state for the record that i am not in fact called any of those things but i'm i'm doing pretty okay Ladies and gentlemen, that's what they call a Steve Miller joke band. Uh, j- joke band? It's a joke band, not a band joke. Anyway, so today on Arachne, we're talking. We're talking to Derek. He's kind of a big deal. You may have heard of him. But first, I got to talk about business. Arachne is a part of the Professional Casual Network. If you would like to support the network, please sign up for our Patreon or purchase some hot swag at streamlabs.com, Professional Casual Network One. We're also sponsored by Frontline Gaming. Hey, look at that. They have an event. It's coming up. It's called SoCal Open. It happens later this month, October 21st and the 22nd. It's mostly a 40K event. There are no listed Infinity events, but please use the affiliated link because if you do that, it really helps out the entire network. And when you help us, it helps me sit in this chair and make terrible dad jokes at the beginning of the episode and you know ramble on about stuff nobody nobody really cares about we'd also like to announce that everyone is coming up it's december 9th and the 10th boston areas the western waltham boston it has the best infinity event that's ever existed it's called cube for your die the whole thing yeah i was i was gonna I was going to make a joke, but I realized it wasn't going to be very funny. All right, here we go. I'm also personally sponsored by Monument Hobbies. We have a code called Professional Casual, uh, all in caps. If you use that code at it, you really help us out. You get a swanky discount. You help me out. You help Professional Casual out. You help everybody out. You help your mom get her diabetes medication that she needs to save her life. You, you do all of it. It's really cool. And hey, we can't forget about our sponsor, Mr. Laser. I still don't know if that trays up at this moment. I haven't actually checked since the last time we recorded, but it'll be really cool because it'll be my models on there and you can send them a review and be like, look at this big old doofus, there's stupid models. So for today, we don't really have much of a preamble because this entire episode is kind of a preamble. So, hey, Derek, what's going on? What's going on with you, buddy? Uh, as far as the world of Infinity is concerned, getting ready for the next big event, the Brawl in near Beantown and uh, the Queen's Gambit tournament that's coming up next weekend i think you should probably announce that on your podcast i should but by the time this episode comes out it'll be over oh all right well so hey one week ago (laughs) i think is when this episode comes out there's an event happening in i think it's methuen i don't remember exactly the town it's in but it's in queen's gambit's pretty neato store jake is hosting another event it's a reinforcement event i have literally so okay bit a bit of we're going under the hood here a little bit so I like to work out, right? So I'm in the gym and in between sets, I like to pull out my phone and instead of talking to girls like a nerd, I build infinity lists, right? So I've been desperately trying, like you do. Like you do. And I'm trying to get a Bakunin list that works and I just can't do it. 
reinforcements break my brain. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've been rolling deep with TAC lately, and I don't own any of their reinforcement profiles, so that's going to be interesting. And I'm not super thrilled by many of them. So we'll see how that goes. Well, I mean, you got to love the, uh, the name escapes me, but the, the French punch the living butts out of whatever it gets its hands on model, the Apache. That's its name. Yeah, I, I mean, as we'll discuss later in this uh, interview, that's probably the last thing I'm going to take because I like making silly lists that are silly. Which reinforcements in that regard, I'm not sure if that helps or hinders, right? Because you get less points to make silly. Yeah. I mean, I too, uh, well, I mean, our listeners don't know this, but I go to the gym uh, never, but I also make lists in a lot of the time that I probably should be going to the gym. But yeah, I, uh, I'm i having a hard time wrapping my head around reinforcements, especially for tech, because it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. It's all about balance with that gym thing. Listen, I'll go to the gym for you. I don't think that's how any of that works. Listen. I'm a doctor. We, You're not. We just we so just had a conversation that? with this with uh, about this with our kids because they're doing push up challenges for their karate class, and they were like, "Okay, so it's nine today, and then ten tomorrow. Can I just do ten tonight after the nine and not do any tomorrow?" No, that's not how it works, guys. This is an interview episode. Derek, let me kind of give the fight night intro. Uh, I'm just going to guess weighing in at two hundred and twenty. Pounds of pure, sexy New Hampshire meat. He's coming in from New Hampshire, and he is the the real deal Evander Holyfield of running Infinity events. He hosts the local Cube for Your Die events, which we have mentioned on here. We've had a couple reports specifically talking about those. I was not allowed to go to the first one because you told me brutally. Yes, I did a go pound, <laughs> yeah, right. So I'll never let you forget it. And so I, I've gone to every single one of them other than the very first one. Uh, they're always the highlight of the quarter because you do them quarterly. And we get a great turnout, quite honestly. Yeah, we're we're pretty consistently 24 to 30 people on most of them, unless there's some other like major, major event that's happening. But yeah, we pretty consistently hit 24 to 30 people. And that's really great from where the community started out like 10 some odd years ago. And it's especially amazing because most nerds don't even know that many people. <laughs> Well, you know, the cliche is infinity is all about the community. And I have learned that that's actually really true. I will say there are people and this game and in the MCP communities, I've made friends that will last forever. They're kind of like they're kind of like gonorrhea, right? You get them and then you just can't fully get rid of it like they'll come around you get a little itchy and then eventually they fade away. But you're not you know, they're always there. I Yeah, I mean, I probably would have tried to make a reference that was a little bit less revolting. But, you know, you you do you. <laughs> yes doctor, indeed you are indeed you are this is, i have it in my i got gonorrhea on the brain so derek i like to begin these episodes by asking hey what's your nerd origin story what is it that got you started in the world of n- having trouble talking to females oh many many things i think i was genetically predetermined to be a nerd my parents are both big nerds my sister is named after one of doctor who's sidekicks that should tell you how nerdy my parents are some of my earliest memories are watching doctor who and star trek the next generation as like a family event i got my first set of polyhedral dice in the fourth grade with the dungeons and dragons black box set in uh, 1990 1991 something like that and then from there it was the spiral to ridiculously word-heavy Dragonlance books and Magic the Gathering and then Necromunda and Warhammer Fantasy and 40K. And then after many, many years of praying at the altar of Games Workshop, I finally found Infinity. So the the nerd runs very deep in my bones. Does it hurt? No, it's a, it's a very comforting feeling. Okay. So it's kind of like... Um... Is it kind of like when you like wax the like the hair off your chest? Like it hurts at the beginning, but then it starts to feel real, real good. Never having done that, I'm just going to agree with you. I assume yes, that is indeed what it feels like. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, funnily enough, again, we're gonna we're gonna show, we're gonna kind of go over how the sausage is made. <laughs> the one one of the lady that listens to the episode is in the background of his camera. She is. She is indeed. She is. Yeah. So busy studying for for a test. So. Well, here's the thing. Testing is for yellow bellies. All right. So you've been playing model games. And just to put it into perspective, that black box, I've heard about it. <clears throat> I want you to know that I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> I think I still have it on one of the storage shelves in here somewhere. Honestly, it's uh, 
yeah, it's it's been it's been a long, long, long time of sitting in darkened basements and not talking to girls for the most part. I mean, it feels safe. <laughs> it's a it's a safe feeling. So you did the GW thing. Yeah. Were you much of a painter back then, or were you more of a player? Yeah, the the painting was one of the things that really drew me in because you know when you're 10, 11, 12 years old and you see like the heavy metal paint jobs on Warhammer on GW stuff, I had never seen anything like that in nerd space before. You know, I had lead Ralpartham miniatures that probably gave me lead poisoning at a very young age that I would paint with like testers oil paints from my model airplane kits and were just generally a horror show. But the painting has always been like the thing I love and enjoy the most. I've never been a terribly competitive or successful player I, that sounds that sounds wrong i like the playing of the game is what i enjoy i don't i try to win but my my criteria for a good game is did my opponent and i have a good time you know so in the professional casual world uh it's kind of like a mullet right so you got the professional in the front right that's the wanting to win but the casuals in the back with that tennessee waterfall know what i'm saying Jeez. <laughs> know what i'm saying i mean yeah, no, you're giving me you're giving me flashbacks to the the hair I had in the 1980s. So, and out of curiosity, something did occur to me. You said that you played with lead models and drank oil paint. Do you think that is the nerd thing in your bones? Is the lead poisoning? I mean, it might be. I mean, if it's not, if it wasn't from when I was a kid, I mean, in my professional life, I'm I'm a toolmaker, so there's definitely some heavy metal in there somewhere. It's just deep, deeply embedded inside your skin. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. If I, I mean. The sci-fi nerd in me tells me that I'm uh, my bones are probably I don't know maybe titanium. That'd be so you're cool. kind of like Wolverine. I that uh, yes, apart from in every single way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so everybody's dying to know since you're a big uh, science fiction guy. What's your favorite faction? JSA, hands down, has been. They were the faction that that finally tipped me into over the edge to check out Infinity and buy models, and that was back in. N2, early N3, when the models were hilariously bad. But there was, well, I mean, born in the 80s, raised in the 90s, I'm a nerd. Like Ghost in the Shell and Akira were some of my formative, you know, weeb moments. Seeing the big armored samurai and space ninjas, even though the sculpts were, let's say they could have used some work. That's what finally hooked me. And even to this day, I, I adore JSA. I definitely don't recommend people pick that up as a first faction because. I mean, if you play like I do, it's Infinity on hard mode. I just, I love them. I love, I love the fact that they're a stabbing army in a shooting game, that everything just looks really cool and sci-fi-y, and uh, they just, they hit, they hit all those nerd touch points. And plus you can be a, a, instead of a space cowboy, you can be a space samurai. Yeah, you totally could. Now, do you think it's a big like mess up on CB's part that they have not introduced a skill that indicates that it's like a space samurai could like cut a bullet in half with the whole like hilt draw thing. I think even as a big goggle-eyed infinity fanboy, I could admit that there are some things in the game that really could use some changes. Like, well, there's, we don't need to get into that now, but yeah, I mean, it'd be cool if there was a little bit more utility to the close combat stuff. Because it's cool and it's powerful, but man, that foot slog sucks. So, all right, we're going to get into this because this is very important. There's one thing, there's a couple things that I would probably say 95% of all Infinity players all agree on. One, the biometric visor is the most overpowered piece of equipment in all of Infinity. It's it's way too good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, plus 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 three on discover on the two no, things that have uh, not even plus three. It, no, it just gives you it just removes the minus oh. six to impersonator uh, one or two or whatever one it is. Oh, that is wow. Yeah, no, hands down. That's and and it removes the surprise uh, modifier. CB more biometric visor profiles when like that's what I'm saying. That'll be if if I ever attain the status of warcore, that'll be the first thing I post in the warcore forums. Why we want more biometric visors. The people have spoken. They're OP. Or, yeah. Now, this is, what, this is what they need to do, is they need to have some kind of skill that lets you use your melee stat against shooting. You can't hurt them, but you don't get hit. Yeah, it'd be nice if I could use, like, 
the martial arts skill to dot in place of dodge or even even if stuff that had good martial arts and was melee oriented had plus dodge that'd be a pretty simple fix yeah or something yeah but i see or something or give melee factions more smoke I kind of like the fact that JSA doesn't have a lot of smoke or a lot of the things that a lot of other factions take for granted. I like the fact that JSA are like the scrappy underdogs that have to do with the guns that Pano gave them and, you know, their swords that were left over from the uprising. And like thematically, I really like that. And I think I think you touched on this in the last episode, how when you know the lore reason behind the mechanical choices, it makes those not great things feel a little better so that's that's kind of where i'm at with jsa i love that they're scrappy underdogs that don't have a lot of really useful equipment it's the army surplus store army yeah yeah and you know they're hanging out with the ariadnans now who are all constantly just like get off my lawn <laughs> <laughs> so it's new hampshire ariadna is new hampshire yeah pretty much so you have been a new like, speaking of new hampshire you've been a new hampshireian your entire life? Yes, I was born and raised here. I am so sorry. So when <laughs> New England's very own New Hampshire meta appeared, what happened? Where did it come from? So there was a local war corps who had been putting together an infinity group that had kind of had some fits and starts, but it really kind of took off in early N3. And I had reached out to him just to be like, hey, I'm really interested in this game. I know nothing about it. I've picked up some models. How does this work? Can we we get a game in? Can you teach this to me? What's the deal? And he was like, yep, come on, meet me at this game store on this day. If you're available, we'll play a game and we're doing all kinds of neat stuff. I was like, oh, sweet. So I went down, met him, got absolutely curb stomped because it was like my second or third game of Infinity ever. And I was like, well, that was fun. When do we do this again? He's like, we've got a regular game night because this was, geez, this was almost 10 years ago. So, yes, you were at least born at this point. Yes. I assume were you still were you still in Florida being Florida man at this point or were you, had you migrated north? So I was I was at least born. I've only been a New Hampshireian boy for like five years, so it's safe to say yes. But yeah, so at the time back then we had a regular game night down at one of the local game stores, and the first big event that he organized, I think he'd been doing stuff for at least a year prior to that. But he did uh, an escalation league and advertised it in the store, and that pulled in like fifteen or eighteen people, and that's how I met most of the old timers that are still in the group but we played through the escalation league and that was really fun and then kept up with the regular game nights and doing the the he, he's the one who started the quarterly tournaments and so i started going to those and that was really fun that's where i met a bunch of other people that are still in the community or at least close enough to the community that i can yell at them on facebook for not being at tournaments even though yes i fully understand real life happens um so do you want to do you want to call anyone out no nah, I, I it's I'm I'm in a I'm in a good mood tonight. <laughs> I'll save it. I'll save it for the next post. Screaming about how uh, the the brawl near Beantown is happening in in barely a month. But yeah, that's how that's how things started. And then our local war corps was kind of in the same state I had been in with GW games, where he was just kind of falling out of love with Infinity. And I was like, well, I think this is one of the greatest games I've ever played. I don't want it to go away. Would you be willing to teach me how to do what you do with tournaments and stuff? Like, do I need to be a war corps? And he's like, yeah, no, that's no problem. Anyone can throw a tournament. You just got to use use the OTM and do missions and get prize support and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, that seems fairly simple. So I shattered him as like a co-TO for a couple of tournaments. And then I ran one or two on my own before the pandemic hit. And then the pandemic hit and just, just blew everything all to hell. And thank the gods for Discord and Tabletop Simulator, because that's what kept any part of the group still connected and playing Infinity. So we did a very loose, you know, we set up a Discord server and played occasionally on TTS, but at least we could, you know, talk to each other and chat and reminisce about the good old days before there was a worldwide plague sweeping the land. And then by the time the pandemic was over and it was safe to be within 10 feet of another human being again, I was pretty much the only one who was like, okay, I still want to do this. Does anybody else still want to do this? And I got some tentative, yeah, absolutely. If you run it, it's like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And so we ran the first 
cube-free post-pandemic, and it was pretty great. I think we had like 20 people at that one, which was pretty good numbers for compared to what we had pre-pandemic. And then it just started growing from there. I honestly don't know how you and a bunch of the other new guys from Mass got into the group. I assume it was because of the, the Infinity New England Facebook page, or if it was just word of mouth. I i don't think I've ever actually known, but like you guys all started coming up, woke up a bunch of the, the old timers that were part of the original group and got all kinds of new people in. And so now the, the community is absolutely thriving. And it I, it just makes me giggle with joy every time every time you guys show up at the game store at ass o'clock in the morning to play with small metal Barbies in imaginary fantasy land. With no shirt on. Yes, with no shirt on. <laughs> At least if your name is D to the D, Dr. D. Hey, man, I, li- I live for that kind of stuff. I think so. I think he listens to the show. If he doesn't listen to all of them. Hey, here's a call out to him. We love him. He's our boy, uh, Mike. Uh, Mike, I don't know if I'm going to say his last name. Mike N. Oh, yeah. Is there a Mike N in the in the, in the chat that I would like to talk? So, yeah, Mike, Mike N should definitely sign up for the brawl if he hasn't yet and is also listening to this. So he had a bit of a, <clears throat> I guess, departure from Infinity because of his job. Mm-hmm. I have actually seen him in person. He's actually not dead. The legends are not true. He's a living boy. Excellent. And he supposedly it seems like he's back. So anybody that listens to this that is in the actual New England meta, I believe Mike might start popping up again, which might even lead to more Massachusetts run events, either by me or by him. I'm having a little bit of a practice run on running events myself with nice the Bushido stuff, which I talked a little bit about last yep. episode. So that's kind of my like toe in the water to creating a Dr. D media empire. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I will I will rule the tournament scene with an iron fist. If I can't win them, I'll just make them. I'm going to be the Don King. I'm going to be the Don King of the Infinity World. That's a boxing reference to anybody that doesn't know. Yeah, even even I got that one. Yeah, I no, do I'm not do the sports. Not everybody knows who Don King is. Yeah, great guy. Anyway, the point of what I was getting to is that if you're in the New England area, you're going to want to go to a cube for your event. We've pulled people all the way from New Jersey. Yeah, I think. Which is crazy. I think at last count, we had seven different states that show up somewhat regularly, which I think qualifies us as a super meta to anybody listening who keeps track of that sort of thing. So, you know, you've been put on notice by the Northeast. So we need to have a West Side Story type tournament where the people from the West Coast and the people from the East Coast walk towards each other very slowly snapping their fingers. Yeah, menacing finger snapping. Yep. And we're, we're going to meet at the like the physical location of where the internet is, which is, I think, some guy's house in like Missouri or something. I'm not sure if anybody else is actually that up apparently if you look up where the internet is it like goes to like a pinpoint area that goes to like some random guy's yard or something like that (laughs) so that's where we got to meet in order to determine who's best uh west coast or east coast Mm -hmm. so anyway uh that's a bit of an aside so derek you've obviously i you haven't actually been running events as long as i thought you had which is good because i'm sure there's plenty of people out there that want to start their own metas and you know all that stuff Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for somebody who would want to run their own events? Yeah, honestly, the the first one is just just do it. Like if you've got six people that are interested, get together and throw an event. You can you can get. I mean, if you want to make it legit on the ITS, you can get a virtual code for like I think they're less than ten bucks that lets you gives you a, an event code. You can track the, track the round stats and do all that stuff. Get those internet fancy points for your ELO number. I gather some people care about those kind of things. Go to the game stores on the regular. Talk to the people who wander by the table and be like, what is this game you're playing that isn't something from Games Workshop? And then you can extol the virtues of a company that provides their rules for free online and has a very active community and really cool looking models and a mode of play where you have to pay attention even your during your opponent's turn and that's awesome but like just be around in the places where people are already playing other games and just be like hey there's also this save the data on the otm a lot like a lot a lot like every five or six seconds because i don't know if it's just my ancient tablet that i usually do these on aaron lets me use her laptop for the last couple so that's why they've been so smooth i've had the otm bug out a lot while like running events and lose all the data because i'm a child of the 80s and i don't save scum when i video game yeah that's just just do the things like if you've got friends that want to play buy a buy a prize pack and play have a little tournament it's not it doesn't take a lot of special skill to actually run the stuff like obviously you need to be well versed in the rules but it wouldn't be a game of infinity if you didn't have to check the wiki 
during or after the game. So, you know, as the TO, what you say goes. So try to do your best to make the, the most correct call. And I've found that it also really helps to have a significant other that is way more organized than you and helps keep things running smoothly with their amazing organizational skills that you don't have. It's all about balance. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other big thing, this was something that I kind of latched onto when I really started running these uh, after the pandemic was to have have something like unique or weird or silly that is like the hallmark of that tournament. So like I started with the event patches um, that we would design as just I thought they were cool and ridiculous. And, you know, we only do four of these a year, so why the hell not? And then when Brady had talked about the uh, the Middleist Award or fighting for the middle in like episode two of Arachne, I was like, that is the most genius thing I've ever heard of. And so I immediately made one. Yeah. And the first one that we gave out, the cheer that went up from the players for the Middleist was the loudest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. It was incredible. Yeah, no, I mean, if there's 24 people, 22 of them are fighting it out for Middleist. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares about first or second. That's a really cool thing. And it's it's silly and it's fun. <laughs> and like I like having those extra little things. Um, and then the other big thing, and this is something that we never really used to do until post-pandemic. It wasn't even me that started this. was the like the post-tournament group meal or, you know, group thing where you get together, have some drinks, blow off some steam, talk about the eight hours you just spent playing Infinity or whatever to actually build those those community bonds that it's not just you and a bunch of other nerds that only get together to play this game. It's you and a bunch of nerds that also kind of interact socially outside of that and are friends. And, you know, that's that's been the the biggest thing was kind of incorporating that because there there had been some small groups of people that would like head over to the, the sushi place or one of the other local eateries that's pretty close to the, uh, the game store. But it was never like a big en masse like horde of nerds that descended upon it you know until we started doing that what last year but i think i think that that social aspect together is is a big part of the community yeah so i mean the the biggest piece of advice i can get is just just do the thing you know if you've got six people that are interested hell if you've got four people that are local to you and that are interested great find a game store do it in your basement just do you know it's i there was that sports movie that was if you build it they will come and i think that's largely what has happened with cube free or die because you know initially i think the numbers were like you know 12 to 18 people was a, was a pretty good cube free event and now yeah we're up to 24 easily and we routinely hit you know we're brushing 30 players it's just a regular quarterly event with a waiting list yeah i don't think we can hold much more than 30 at the store where we're currently at and it's a great store so we'll, we'll have to see if we start getting regular numbers above 30 so listen, person that is interested in running events, if you can't rent out an entire Winn-Dixie and fill it with players, it's just, it's not worth it. W- would you agree? No, I would definitely not agree with that. Everything, everything's got to start small. There's always room to grow. And one thing that I think is important to note is that when you are first starting a community, like let's just say some person in Ohio, I think, I think there's at least four people that live in Ohio. If one of these Ohioans are like, hey, I really want to run an event. You can remember that if there's only four of you, you can also play in that event. Yeah, Absolutely to create a person so like i'm assuming there's a certain game like tournament size where you think okay maybe i should step out and like only watch uh for me i don't play in the tournaments that i run unless it's to prevent buy rounds and a big part of that is it's hard for me mentally to keep up with running or playing the game and answering rules questions. Um, and I don't think it's really fair to my opponent if I have to, you know, pause the game, run over to a couple of different tables, answer questions and all of that stuff. So if there's a if it's the case where there's going to be buy rounds, I will absolutely step in and play. But generally, I will just want to focus on on running things. To put it into perspective with the whole rule, you said it earlier, I just want to make sure we establish this. I have played at least one game of Infinity every single week for like the past two years. And I still don't really understand how alert works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. You haven't successfully played a game of Infinity if you haven't consulted the wiki at least once after you're done. And probably three or four times during the game. <laughs> but I, I mean, 
I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, but I mean, it's it's an important skill to have. If if you're going to play the game, you do need that dedication to achieving system mastery, even though that is an ever elusive goal. <laughs> Even the guys that make the game, I'm not sure. I don't know if we talked about it on here, but when when they did the Interplanetario, CB people were there. Yep. And even they didn't know. <laughs> even they didn't know how to play the game. Yeah, no, there, <laughs> there are times when we're pretty sure that CB is playing a different game than the rest of us. And they, I can only imagine that they're just testing N5. And they're like, oh, wait, I do not know which world I am in. I have forgot. I don't know. That's a weird uh, Spanish accent. I don't know what what that is, but I'm I'm un- I'm honestly sure. I'm pretty sure that's part of it. Like there's they're constantly trying out new rules. Like the the global campaign that just happened is has traditionally been a test bed for mission changes for the next season of the ITS. So yeah, they're they're constantly changing and updating and iterating their rules. And they have had a couple of slip ups over the years where it's been like, oops, we release a packet with with rules for you know an ITS mission that we play tested and didn't like. So please don't play it that way. So in all the times that you've been running these, so you've been running events fairly consistently for probably at least the past. I guess I don't know if we, I don't know if COVID you know the lost years as they sort of they're called like three years probably safe to say. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So any any regrets? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I regret not following through on my threat to use the double deck extra on at least one tournament to make people use the red classifieds that now no longer exist. I am in some way sustained by the the whining of the players over how terrible the red classifieds were that nobody ever actually used. It's like, yes, I get it. They make you do the thing an extra time or in an extra place. But uh, I mean, the... The storytelling RPG nerd in me is constantly war at war with the the one who wants a balanced war game that you don't get penalized for, I don't know, stuff. I generally err on the side of telling an interesting story. So, you know, if I have to play a game where things are already stacked against me, all right, I can make a cool story out of that, even if it's just in my head. And that's enough for me. So do you like the new deck? I've only played one game with it. So I am reserving judgment because it does mostly feel like the old classified deck i do think it's nice that the red cards are not a thing anymore just because they took an already complicated game and added a layer of obnoxious complication on top of it so that's not the kind of complexity that i want in my infinity games that's why it was a threat (laughs) they took those cards and then they replaced them with really cool like modifiers I am I am interested in those very much. I'm looking forward to the what is the resilience ops that has like the the evolving mission parameters and like the yeah the battlefield modifications and stuff like that. That are secret. I tentatively really like that because that's the kind of extra interesting weirdness that I tend to really love in games like those weird curveballs halfway through. I am here for. I think the most important part to note about that new game mode is that it's going to require everyone to bring a crazy amount of HVTs and extra things. Yeah, it's it's absurd. Like what is it? 3 HVTs per person. Yeah. Plus plus oh, like two beacons. Yeah, two beacons, four consoles, I think three antennas. It's a lot. It's it's a lot of stuff. Luckily, in the in the local group, we have many many skilled three D printists that have been madly at work in their basement layers, inhaling resin fumes and churning out uh, scatter terrain and objective markers. Um, and I am forever in their debt. Now, don't cut yourself short as someone who has created potentially one hundred pound medalist awards in their metalworking <laughs> shop. It was okay. A hundred pounds is a bit of an exaggeration, but yeah, there there were some complaints from the recipient of the first one that it it was too heavy and his neck was very sore after he wore it for now. These things that he crafts are artisanal, like uh, they're boot they're boutique awards. They're very uh, what's the word for like one of a kind? Um, couture, uh, unique, handcrafted. It's very couture. Oh yes, so. You're making this sound a lot fancier than it is. Every single person that has gotten them from, I've I've seen them hung on walls. Uh, they bring them to all the tournaments afterwards, and people try and cling them together. That is maybe the best 
thing that's come out of the Middleist Award that like the previous Middleist awards the new Middleist, and then they've started taking like group pictures together, and it's like become its own community within the community. And I just I absolutely love it. Now it might seem that I'm going on a weird little side tangent here, but the reason I bring this up is that this is the way you get successful communities: is you have to have a culture. If you do not have a good culture, yeah, your events will probably never like get past the. They'll never go through the growing pains. You know what I mean? You got to have something to bring them back. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, a, a weird, special, unique thing. That's the, your community's weird, special, unique thing. Very important. And that's, and I think that is the lesson to learn from this episode. Is that it might sound like we're just sitting here telling weird, stupid stories, but these are the stupid stories that get people to come back. Because they want to be a part of it. They want to be a part of that story. Yeah. And now they're all fighting for the middle and they want those cool new event patches or yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's become, it's become less about the actual prize support. Although, you know, we, I still put a fair about a bit of effort into that and more about the, I kind of, you know, I want, I want the event related stuff, not just the, the cool model or the, the pin or whatever, but yeah, the actual little tchotchkes, I guess. In Sweden, they call them crimp cramps. Got to have the crimp cramps. That's a way better word. It is. A, it's a great word. <laughs> it's their word for knickknack. Crimp cramp ah, is much better. Excellent. Thank you, Sweden. Yep. They're doing it again. They're they're leading the way. Okay. So obviously, we've mentioned her before. Erin, she's the true mastermind, the logistics master, the, the desktop wizard of the events that happen up here. How do you think? So let's just say Billy Bob from Ohio wants to run these events, but he wants to get his his lady or his guy, whatever. I'm not, I don't judge. He wants to get his significant other into helping him run events. What are the benefits? How do you do it? You start by asking. Absolutely unreasonable. I Well, okay. <laughs> I think that speaks more to your relationships then. I mean, for starters, if there's, if there's no interest in the significant other participating in, in any capacity, then, you know, it's definitely not something that should be forced. Like with Aaron and I, I told her that, you know, I, I do this thing. It's a bunch of nerds who get together and play this silly game. And she was like, oh, cool. Would it be okay if I stopped by and just hung out? Because at the time, you know, we, we met each other during the tail end of the pandemic. So we're both at the, we were both at the time in our late thirties with a couple of kids between us. And so, you know, free time and couple time was pretty limited. So she was like, I don't want to not see you for a whole Saturday of that we would normally spend together. Is it okay if I come down to this thing? And I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, if you don't mind sitting around in a room full of yelling nerds for six or eight hours. And she was like, eh, you're worth it. You are worth it, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) So yeah, she came down to one of the, one of the first ones in 2022, I think, you know, she just watched what I did. She met some of the guys and she was like, you know, this is, this is really neat. It's cool that you have a thing that you're so passionate about and that you love. And then she was like, Hey, I've got, I've got some ideas because, and what she didn't say was you're the most disorganized person I've ever met in my life. She was like, well, you know, what if we did this for the, the recording of the stats and can I, can I help you with entering them in if you're running around and answering questions? And I was like, yeah, these all sound like great ideas. If your significant other is willing to spend time with you during this thing that you love, then yeah, by, by for the love of everything sacred and holy, just bend down and praise the, the ground they walk on. Because it's amazing and having a second head to deal with the bookkeeping side of things and the organization side of things when you're not a well-organized person and tend to just kind of fly by the seat of your pants and do stuff off the cuff. It's fantastic. And it's time that we get to spend together. And even though she doesn't play or even really like know the rules, having the, the, the bookkeeping side of stuff and the other you know data entry side of stuff not being foremost in my mind when I'm running around answering questions or even playing in a round is really great. And then the added bonus is she is an amazingly skilled graphic artist. So, you know, for like the patch designs and stuff, we'll, we'll collaborate and she is amazing at turning these half-baked ideas that I, you know, fire out after having too much coffee one day. She's like, yeah, okay, we can render that in, in the, the medium of a Velcro-backed threaded patch. Sure, why not? Here you go. If you want your significant other to give you a hand and participate in this thing with you on any level, just, you know, ask. And if they say no, if they're not interested, okay, well, that's fine. Just don't belabor the point. Just 
Infinity isn't for everybody. Like, this is maybe the most complicated war game. Well, that's I haven't played all of them, but it's complicated. We all know that. And so to have somebody willing to spend the time who doesn't play the game, but spend the time organizing and running the big tournaments is uh, an amazing godsend. So to put it into perspective, my significant other, Kara, she plays some games with me. She doesn't really play Infinity because like you said, Infinity is very complicated. If you have a significant other that wants to play Infinity with you and is actually serious on playing it, yeah, you should probably just marry them right on the spot because they are... Yeah, 100%. They're they're a force of nature that is hard to comprehend, uh, and you don't you don't want to you can't get struck by lightning twice. You found it, you did it. <laughs> so what I've noticed anyway is that in community building, uh, believe this or believe it or not, everybody has some kind of talent that they like to do. It's crazy. Kara, uh, Kara I almost said her name wrong. Uh, Kara, one of the monks in Bushido's named Kara, and it gets me every time. So Kara, uh, uh. she really loves music and she was uh she went to school to be a harpist so she's really into audio well guess who edits this podcast Mm -hmm. it's kara so the point i'm getting to is that if you have a significant other again it doesn't have to be female male or female the advantages of having them get involved in whatever it is that you're doing i would say do everything you can to not only like slow but you should welcome them with open open guippas right with open arms you let them in and you let them do whatever they want to do. And the worst thing you could do is poo-poo them in any kind of way, mm-hmm. right? So like you're saying, the benefits of having a significant other, not only a significant other, or even just like really good friends, mm-hmm. that you share some kind of passion. <clears throat> and there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And that's the point I'm getting to is that this isn't just a game when you do the actual community-driven stuff. Everybody has a part that they can play. Mm-hmm. We have people that do the printing. We have the people that help build the tables. We have the people that uh, complain about the table. <laughs> These are all very important people. And if you can find whatever their skill is and add that particular skill set to your community, the entire it becomes a, a, a sum greater than the parts. Yeah, absolutely. So if you have somebody who's good at something, you could, if you're making events, so like, let's just say your wife is a really good baker, have her make cupcakes or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Anything. And I guarantee you that if you do that, not only does it, it like helps your relationship out too, but it also takes some of the stress off of whatever, whatever it is that you're trying to run. So if you're like, oh, hey, she made Rice Krispies or whatever, you bring that people, you know, people have something to eat. It makes the it enhances the enjoyment of the actual event. And generally speaking, your significant other will feel like they contributed, which is always a bonus. It's absolutely a two way street, too. So if your significant other is spending their time with this incredibly ridiculous nerd hobby of yours, then by God, you better give them that same time and do whatever their incredibly specific weird hobby love that they have is that maybe isn't your thing but that's how you know you reciprocate the time that they're giving you like looking at fish yeah whatever whatever it might be (laughs) i think i think that kind of establishes some ideas so anybody out there that has any questions that might occur because of toing we know a really good to person his name's derek like i said a lot of us call him maurice um (laughs) That's that's what they call a callback joke, lady and gentlemen. So uh-huh. <laughs> it's really hard not to make that weird slide whistle sound in that song immediately. <laughs> God, I'm so sick of classic rock. So if you have any questions, don't be afraid to ask. Uh, Derek is, in fact, a person that you can find. Um, he's in a lot of bathroom stalls, giving us five star reviews in. Yes. Uh, he's carving them into the walls of the, <laughs> the actual bathroom stalls. Yep. So, yeah, if you guys have any questions, don't be afraid to reach out to me or him. I can connect you guys, I'm sure. Hey, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. let's get some bigger events going on around in the United States and the greater world. The world, it, I mean, it can only make the game better. And that's that's the goal of Arachne. Absolutely. I mean, we had, yeah, the the winner of the last Brawl in Beantown was the second place finisher at the last Interplanetario. And that was a guy from our our wildly expansive meta. And that's pretty cool. Also, I hate the word meta. But, you know, and Lobo played in the last the b- brawl in Beantown. Did he? I think Lobo was there. Yeah, I think Lobo was I know there. He's, I know he signed up for the the next one. The one he's in this yeah. one. And then we've got someone coming from California. Um, there's yeah, people are coming from all over. We are the, the meta is expanding. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this and you appreciate the things that people like Eric do, buy him an ice cream. They they love ice cream. Okay. Hey, Derek, what's your favorite profile on Infinity? Any profile that the wider Infinity community has deemed to be bad. Like, I don't I've I've played most of the factions at this point. And I love trying to wrap my head around things that people say are not good because they're not a perfectly optimized profile. So I'm really, I'm really loving playing Tack right now, and I am obsessed with making the Ratnik with a burst four heavy rocket launcher be amazing. Even though so far it hasn't been, but I know that there's hidden juice in there. I can feel it. It's I gotta just I gotta push that straw deeper. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's where I'm at at this point because I am not a competitive player. I'm like, well, this seems like it should be good in my head, so I'm gonna try and make it good on the table. But like, I love the Diokai just because it looks cool. I just like all those all those profiles. Like Jath, oh my god, I love Jath when I play Shazvasti. Like I don't, I think I think it's a real shame when a profile or an entire you know, an entire series of profiles is dismissed because it's not perfectly optimized or, you know, has some bloated points from extra extra skills that it maybe doesn't really need because, like, Infinity is an expensive hobby and you're gonna wind up with a bunch of models in your collection that you had to buy because they're part of box sets that you don't have a choice in the matter. And it seems like you're kind of doing yourself a disservice if you don't field that stuff at least once maybe more try and figure out how to get it to work wrap your head around it and i think and this is this is a mentality i've had ever since i started playing like i think you're a better and more skilled infinity player if you can succeed with a suboptimal list than you are if then if you take you know all the stuff that i don't want to say infinity is a solved game because i don't think it'll ever be but you know there there are definitely stronger profiles and more optimized profiles but I think it is a better infinity player that can take the less good or the questionable stuff and be successful with it. And we talked about this in the episode with Devin, and it just occurred to me that Devin kind of sounds like Guy Raz. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know why that thought, a little bit. That thought just occurred to me. It's, the, <laughs> But anyway, so Devin is the, the guiding North Star of the infinity uh, world. Um, and we talked about this where it is kind of inspiring that if you can play with profiles that people have deemed to be bad or at least less than optimal i do think that in general it does make you a better player because at least it helps you see the world in a different light yeah absolutely because even if you if you look at profiles that maybe you don't touch maybe it's the only model in your faction that has like climbing plus or whatever and then you don't have access to it anything else but you don't like it because it costs many points blah 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 if you use it enough using skills that you may not use all the time opens your brain up to be like oh I should probably worry about in case he has somebody with climbing plus because he can attack from this vector or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I would tend to agree with you. I like to use every profile in the factions that I play because I have this thing uh, called a hoarding problem so that whenever I play a faction, <laughs> I have to have all the models. All of them. All of them! So yep. if I'm going to use these bad profiles, if I have their models, I got to at least try them once, right? I tried my best to get the the random Rage to work in, I don't know what they're called, the, whatever. Um, oh, the Red Turbans? Yeah, the Red Turban guys. Courage? Courage. I don't know. I, don't. I can't say it. Yeah. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I'm a be- uh, This is why everybody loves Arachne, because they want to listen to me pronounce things. So, <laughs> like, I really desperately tried to get them to work, but Super Jump is awesome. It's not the perfect skill. It's not like Climbing Plus, which is actually the greatest skill in the game. But Climbing Plus is real good. And it really does open up a whole new world of possibilities. So, yeah, absolutely. Viewer, listener, don't view me. You can't view me. It's a podcast. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. That's disgusting. Um, All right. So, anything else you want to add to that, Mr. Brady? Oh, my God. You're not Brady at all. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I mean, you're not far be it for me to point out the minute differences between (laughs) Brady and myself. Um. I'm not exactly sure how I should take that. Well, you should. No, I'm just kidding. Take, we love you. You, you blended. You blended in so seamlessly that I just figured you were a part of the the normal cast of <laughs> cast of characters. Well, it's 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 a pleasure to be here. But yeah, no, get out there, play those weird profiles that everyone tells you are crap. Because I mean, sure they might be, but maybe they're not. 
That's true. And it's a shame to leave nerd paraphernalia that you paid for just getting dusty on the shelf because people online told you that it was bad. Don't and don't don't inhale dust. Move it before it gets dusty because then you're going to inhale dust and you're going to you're going to have a big sneeze. And then you're going to Yeah, and then and then you're going to blast your models off the yeah. shelf, and they're going to fall on the floor and they're going to break yeah. and you're going to cry because it's it's a whole thing. And then your kid and then you're going to step on them in the middle of the night like a Lego. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't end well. Hey, this is an interview episode, so we get to end it with a word association. I I have been looking forward to this ever since the first time I heard you do it in an episode, and then you said we're going to have you on to do an episode. I was so excited. So, so excited. I got in trouble from a few people on Reddit. They said they didn't like the full thing. That's why I thought it was okay if it was a bonus episode. So whatever. So I just I'm going to limit it to a single one so that those people oh, can just skip the whole thing. And it's going to be okay. infinity related because the one thing they did say is they didn't like people talking about stuff that wasn't infinity related, which is fine. Uh-huh. So I should get a word association game. That's just infinity stuff. Next yeah, time you come I on, mean, I'm going to have that. Okay. All right. I, I will eagerly look forward to it. So here we go. The word association right. game. Derek, Derek Schmidt. Aleph. Yes. Friend or foe. why is that you seemed uncertain well so here's the thing um i've played alef for years i love the faction because in my heart of hearts i am a transhumanist sci-fi cyberpunk nerd boy uh through and through uh, i adore alef as a faction but i've also read a lot of sci-fi uh and having an AI control any aspects of human life is never a recipe for that human life surviving. And Aleph is basically the mirror of the EI, and they keep making little callbacks and references to that. That was one of the things that I had a super great time with in past global campaigns when I would write the battle reports. I would do just really weird, messed up stories about how Aleph is really not this benevolent all wonderful thing you know like any single system that controls so much of human experience is not good now this is going to sound super strange coming from me when i read end song there was something in it that truly clicked in me that made me think or it might have been when we did the agent toth episode it made me actually think you know what maybe aleph actually isn't all that bad and when I get back to the mothership, they're probably going to airlock me. So it was good. It was good talking to you guys. Um, there will probably never be another episode after this because I'll be floating around in the depths of space. Oh, that's okay. We can Brady and I will we'll <laughs> we'll continue we'll continue just, the we'll, legacy. Well, in true Bakunin fashion, we'll just get like a picture of your face and staple <laughs> it to a blow up doll or something. You'll be the third chair. Uh, anything you want to say about that uh, blow up doll, Dylan? All right, good for him. All right, so let's keep going. So. When it when I read it, it said it might have been the Agent Todd episode that it takes all of the combined things that are happening in humanity the, like at the exact same time, and it will minutely push events in such a way yep. that it seems like it's for the betterment of humanity, where it's like you know this thing happens and you know blah blah blah. So mm. the question is, are the things that are bad that are happening just a side effect? of just like being in the middle of the transition, right? You know, things got to get worse before they get better kind of thinking. I honestly, I don't, I don't know, but I, I, my, my feeling is any single system that is doing something for the betterment of humanity on its own without a lot of, I mean, I, I get it. It's monitoring everything. That right there is a big part of why I don't think Aleph is the good guy. But yeah, I, I just, I think, there's going to come a time when Aleph is either like, well, I'm getting real sick of maintaining these humans that are stupid or, you know, a sepsiderized operative gets in and that's that's game over. But the parallels between Aleph and the EI are... They're there. They're there. And at times, they're a little alarming. Like, yeah, it's not, 
having having an AI a single entity, even though oh, O12's got it under control, we saw how great they maintain control of Concilium. <laughs> RIP For the record, that's where Utgard is. It's on Concilium. Yeah, I know. The Sea Army got boots on the ground. Yeah. That's bad. That's real bad. Yeah, it could, um, be, it could be real, real bad. As a as a sentient AI that tells me that Aleph's ultimate motivations and goals are only for the benefit of Aleph. And when maintaining as much of the human sphere as it does is no longer a benefit to it, well, then that's going to be that. So when you look at other AIs, so Robin Hook, we talked about Robin Hook. Mm-hmm. who's literally a essentially an algamation of Robin Hood chivalric idealism compressed into a, a, a trash can robot that mm-hmm. shoots a crossbow, right? It had goodness pushed into it. Do you think that can happen to something like Aleph? I don't think so. Because Aleph is so vast. Sure, it's just too big. I think I think I think it's one thing where the AI is a dude or, you know, McMurrow's sword or Pywell, you know, where it's just it's just a little dude. Aleph Aleph is so sprawling and has its tendrils in so many aspects of the human sphere's existence that it's not just a single I mean it, it is a godlike intelligence, you know? And that's terrifying. Do you think it knows where my dad is when he left to go get that vanilla that vanilla Coke? Do you think he, do you think it knows where he is? Uh I assume he's still at the corner convenience store waiting for them to restock that vanilla Coke. It's been like 20 years, though. That, that, that's a your dad problem. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I just got to wait for the sole AI to take over all of humanity to ask it that question. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, once once we all have you know tracking nodes implanted in our brains, there's CCTV cameras every 15 feet, then you'll be able to find your dad. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for the government big brother to come and help me find my dad. <laughs> That's why they're making these systems so we can find all the dads that went to go get vanilla cokes and cigarettes at the corner store. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good use of it if we're being honest. There's a lot of those dads. Yeah, a lot of those dads out there. Oh God! But anyway, I don't pay taxes because I'm an arachne. Anyway, so <laughs> Derek, I think that's yes, Doctor D. I think that's it. I think we finished an episode. Is there anything, anything, any parting thoughts, sir? Yeah, come to New Hampshire or Massachusetts or Connecticut or New York or any of the places in the Northeast that all have bustling, burgeoning communities of infinity and get some games in with some awesome people. We're pretty great. I'm just going to come out and say it. Great community, great friends, awesome games of infinity. Arachne. <laughs> Arachne. Yeah, there's also that. That thing that you do that we spent the last hour and change working yeah. on, there's that. Well, too, I think once we boil it down and take out all the, uh, the the editing parts, it'll probably boil down to a little bit less than that. So we just got to make make more filler. Do I do I need to do a, a Brady breath just for like nostalgia? You know what? That should be something that we have the guests do if they do their own impersonation of the Brady breath. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, if you guys had any idea. All right. So we did it. We managed to interview you. Do you feel interviewed? I do. I feel I feel thoroughly interviewed. Hey, well, you know what that means? If you were Derek, the person driving, you what you need to do, take a car, pull it over to the side, find the closest bathroom stall, etch into the wall. Hey, Arachne, an infinity podcast, five out of five stars would cause a five car, <laughs> five car collision again in order to put a five. Don't do that, please. Uh, just get, just when you're, when you're safe, just give us a five star review if you can. We love it. It helps us get the community to be bigger. We find more people to interview. I have, I have lots of plans. I have no reason to stop this unless somebody calls me stupid to my face and then I'm going to stop and cry and I'll never do a reckoning again. And um, yeah, there you go. What do you think about that? <laughs> Good interview, Dr. D. Oh, thanks, man. All right. So you can find me. I'm Dr. D. You can find me on Discord at Dr. D or FuryPainting at gmail.com. Where can they find you, buddy? You can find me on Discord as well. I'm just D Schmidt because I'm boring. You can also find me on Facebook in the Infinity New England group. I don't particularly feel like giving out my email address through this medium, but uh, hit me up on Facebook or Discord, and I will happily chat Infinity or Life or food recipes or whatever. And you know what? In the next episode, we're going to do that word association game. We're going to give out your social security number, a list of your fears, and um, 
uh, what what is your the first the very first thing you thought about? Okay, cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be great. So, hey guys, we would also like to thank Tim for running the network, Kara for doing the editing, Aaron for helping us make really cool patches, um, the random factories and other places on the earth that make those factories and send them to us. Man, we love the postal system; they're really good. They get us all the stuff we can to play these games. We got to thank them. I love them. Hey, cool. Thanks for listening, Nomads. Make sure you keep it popping and don't let it Aleph get you. It's been a great time, Doctor D. Thank you. <laughs> all right, guys, we love you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, check out all the other great shows here at the Professional Casual Network. Like what, Danny? I'll tell you. On Mondays, we've got the Lost Omens podcast, our Pathfinder 2E actual play, hosted by me, playing through the Extinction Curse AP. Also, streaming on twitch.tv slash professional casual network at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can check out, oh yeah, the Power Phase, our Marvel Crisis Protocol live battle report show. On Tuesdays, the podcast version of, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol Povlog is available. On Wednesdays, alternating releases on the Patreon, we have Settling the Southlands, our homebrew Wolfwarp actual play, and The Slithering, a Pathfinder second edition actual play. And on Thursdays, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash professional casual network, we've got, wait, did I roll a wild, our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog. You can also check out back episodes of Elite Eight Showdown and the first 39 episodes of the Lost Omens podcast, the first 24 episodes of Settling the Southlands, and the first handful of episodes of The Slithering on the YouTube at youtube.com slash the professional casual.